<laughs> it's got, I've got real issues with my birthday this year. I don't know what's happening, but mm. I have real issues with it. Really? And Stu is not helping, even though yesterday was his birthday. I, I mean. And and how old are you? Uh, 44? 44, yeah. Yeah. Good God. Yeah, I know. I, this, now I cannot, I can no longer say early 40s. Yeah. Uh, this is like the, the line of, I have to now say mid 40s. Well. Uh, this is what happens. You start losing your hair around this time, Glenn. I don't know if you know that. Shut up. It's true. I started losing it a lot earlier than that. Anyway, Keeps is our uh, our sponsor, and losing your hair sucks, and you don't have to go to a doctor and, you know, make the appointment and everything else. If you lose your hair, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. This is the real deal. Um, it'll save you a fortune. You just answer a few online questions. You take a couple of pictures of your hair. Doctors are going to review everything, recommend the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for you. You don't have to spend any more time than that. Just go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. That's keeps dot com slash save. Well, this week is Valentine's Day on uh, on Friday, and Joe Biden may have nothing better to do than just be home with his sweet wife, Jill, because things are not going well for Joe Biden. We have that and the update on the New Hampshire primary, which happens tomorrow in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know who you are, the guy who likes to live dangerously. Yeah, I could tell from a mile away. You'll bite into a hot pocket without checking first to see if it's frozen or molten lava inside. That's just you. You're the type that checks the accept box on the terms and services without ever reading them. Yeah, you're a real man. You're the type that waits until Thursday to buy flowers when Valentine's Day is on Friday. Sometimes you pretend you even forgot and just rush out to the gas station to get them on the way home. Yeah, that's the real man. And that is most likely why you spent most of your life alone. This time around, don't be that person. You need to go to 1-800-Flowers.com today and today only. You can get the enchanted 18-stem rose medley. It is enchanted. Bell. Tell me you love me, Belle. Uh, it's the Rose Medley. You get 18 stems for $29.99. Uh, one of the best Valentine's offers you're going to find, but it expires today. The roses are picked at their peak, shipped overnight. 1-800-Flowers handles the rest. You just say, and this is the best year because it's, it's on a Friday. You send her something really nice and everybody at work goes, oh, my husband didn't do that. Oh, my boyfriend. See? You send it to her in public. And then you're just, oh, I just wanted you to start your day that way. No, you wanted everyone saying how great you are all day long. So stay away from the danger zone. Get it for Valentine's Day today. Order the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for only twenty nine ninety nine. What a stupid name. I mean, I love that name. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon and enter the promo code BECK. Order today. Save 1-800-Flowers.com. Promo code BECK. Offer expires today. 
Stu! Glenn! Hey, hey, hey! Hey! How are you? Pretty good. Happy birthday, Glenn. Happy birthday to you. Yep. And Glenn's birthday's today, mine yesterday. Yesterday. It's great. We were we were in the nursery side by side. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I was still I don't what, know if I feel comfortable with 20? that. Uh, sitting in that little crib thing, but uh, hey, hmm. nobody came to the hospital to pick me up. So anyway, um, today is a special day uh, because Stu's show premieres tonight. Yes. Big deal. Yes, it is. You got the best executive producer ever, ever. Uh, you know, the name of the show is executive produced by Glenn Beck. That's what the name of the show is. Really? Now, we've... <laughs> We've thrown Stu a bone and said, all right, Stu does America. Uh, but <laughs> I'm uh, not necessarily uncomfortable with this presentation because if it bombs really badly, you can be blamed. No, I can just say it's the talent. <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is that what executive talent. producers get to yep. do? Because I've never yep. had that uh, yep. ability. It's the talent. Yeah. I tried. Interesting. I tried. Yeah, he just wouldn't listen to me. I've been executive producer for you for how many years? Uh-huh. And now mm-hmm. you get to turn the tables on that's, me tonight. That's right. That's right. Tonight. Uh, so what time is it air? Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Can't make it. Can't make it. Too late I in the know. day for me. I've already had my ten, my Denny's early meal, like 3.30 in the <laughs> afternoon. Look, well, I'm turning into a senior citizen quickly, I think. We'll tape it before you go to Denny's. Okay. Uh, if, will we? if you want, yes. All right, all uh, right. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty excited about that. That's uh, And then you, of course, are turning how old uh, today? It's a f- uh, f- 40. 56, which I'm telling you, not good. Not good. You're having I am trouble equal. with this. I am. Yes. I didn't have it at 50. I didn't have it at 40. I did at 40. At 40, I realized I have done nothing with my life. Mm-hmm. Nothing with my life. That's pretty much accurate. Right. And uh, then within 10 years, I had two successful television shows. What? 15 number one New York Times bestsellers, uh, national radio program, and, uh, and started a, a company called The Blaze. By 50, I wanted to die. So the 50s are my underachieving years, I think, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just kind of like, yeah, I did all that <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> right. So eh, I'm going to. But there's something weird because on my 60th, three years away, all my contracts expire. And I am looking at, you know, I saw Rush Limbaugh and uh, I, I hope he has accomplished his dreams. But my dad is haunting me in my dreams. I'm like having nightmares mm. about my dad all the time. All the time. Because he he told you your whole life, basically, that all he wanted to do was eventually get to a place play where golf. he could just go out and play golf yep. And, yep. and enjoy a, yep. like a round of golf every day. Yep. And and he never... Never did it. Never did it. Never Why? Did because it. he got sick? or was Yeah, it- because he was in such... His body was in such bad condition from working. He did hard you know, labor. Yeah. Just, up just like pounds. his son. I mean, it's the right? hard labor like hard you. Hard labor. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, so he, you know, his body was so broken down by the time he retired that he couldn't do anything. And uh, I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. You're going to try to get out early? I'm going to try to get out early. No, I'm just going to start doing the things I want to do. Well, because you made an interesting point earlier today that I, uh, that I thought was, was going to haunt you for a while. Because our, your career... 
well, you got nationally syndicated in radio. People, I don't know if people know this. We were nationally syndicated in radio. We signed the contract in August of 2001. So before September 11th happened, we were supposed to start the radio shows in, in a national form in January 2002. And then they moved it up after September 11th to just launch it early and just like go, you know, mm-hmm. bootstrap toward a, you know, we just went, went with it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's a big moment in uh-huh. your career, uh-huh. yeah. 2001. Yeah, yeah. Is there any observation about the difference between that time and today? That yeah, it doesn't wanna... seem like a long time ago. Doesn't you... really seem, seems like it's gone pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like really fast. Really fast. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. 2020, that's 19 years. Uh-huh. Did you do any math that? Nope. Did no math. Really? No, did no math. I can help you with it. So basically, you are equidistant from September 11th and your 75th birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I realized that the other day, and I was like, good Lord, I'm dead. I might as well start <laughs> putting myself in the box now. If it, if it goes that fast, and it was my dad's 75th that he was like starting to really be broken down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I will say you're 75th. You could probably run for the Democratic nomination. You got that going for no, you. No, I think you have to be 80 now. You have to be 80. Have to be 80. Did, you see, did you see uh, Bloomberg where he was like, what? I'm not uh, I'm not as American as uh, Pete Buttigieg. I'm older than Pete Buttigieg. I've been, a, been an American a lot longer than Pete Buttigieg. In fact, I've been a lot. I, I, I'm, I've been an American longer than Joe Biden. That's not something. Sh- sh- Inside sweetheart <laughs> that's not something you share is he older than biden that's what he said uh, what was it on thursday is, i did i did I had no idea is, if yeah. that, is no that he's a lot like trump that they just are they're just going and going and going yeah because you know biden looks like he's slipping you know, bloomberg has not he i mean he's not he'd be a terrible president is a horrible human being in a hundred different ways oh my god but gosh. i don't think he doesn't horrible he doesn't feel like he's slipping per se no he doesn't feel he like does that not guy. feel like he's what he got to be at least 79 how old is he Okay, Bloomberg oh, 77, Bloomberg. Biden 78. But they're basically the same age. I would have guessed early 70s for Bloomberg. Yeah, me too. Me too. No, no Biden, Biden is 77. Biden is 77. We're getting... What did you, are you checking See, this the, is why you need the, a good executive Iowa producer. She's using. <laughs> she, she's, out, she's outsourced this search to Shadow Incorporated. <laughs> Okay, well, it's, it's right around the same age. Yeah, she's trying to calculate okay, with birthdays, yeah, yeah. but okay, you get the so, point here. So you're equidistant from September 11th mm-hmm. and... Uh, Joe Biden. I'm just about... Joe just Biden. a couple of... Yeah, thank Basically. you. Basically. Wow. You're halfway there. Wow. And what a great run it's been. Yeah. You know, I will <laughs> Wait say... Wait a minute. I will say this. This is not... Uh, this is not as bad as the thing I unfortunately discovered quite recently called the Brimley Cocoon Line. Are you familiar with this? No, but I don't like oh, it already. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. So basically, it's a, it's a Twitter account, and all it does is tweet people who cross the Brimley Cocoon line. What is the Brimley Cocoon line? It's the a- exact age to the day that Wilford Brimley was when Cocoon came out in theaters. And he so, was crossing over to the other side. Right. Like he was like, he was I have to man. go in this alien, uh, you know, pool. Yeah. So I don't, so I can be younger again. And I remember in my head, he seeing that ancient. movie and thinking he was like 152 years old. Like, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. they played it up. Just be careful know. because I'm still no. going to be alive. You're probably still going to be working for me when you hit 56, 56. Uh, 56 you're 56 yeah so i thought to myself 
I would like to see how close Glenn is Thank to the Broom Lagoon that. line so I can torture him yeah. when he crosses it. Yeah. And by the time that I cross the Brimley Cocoon uh-huh, line, uh-huh. he'll be so, like, he'll uh-huh. be nine homes uh-huh, deep. Uh-huh. Like, he'll be in all basically yeah. hospice oh, at that yeah, point. So great. I should be fine. Yeah. Uh, so I went and checked on it. Uh, <laughs> Wilford Brimley, when Cocoon came out in theaters, was 18,530 days old. That comes out to not 57, 50.7. You pass the Wilford Brimley <laughs> cocoon line about six years, six years ago. In fact, I, I went back. I'm like, I wonder if they noted when Glenn crossed the line. So I tried to scroll back. It was only created in 2018. Shut so up. You can't even go back Shut to the time up. that you crossed the Shut up. cocoon line. Shut up. <laughs> and these are terrifying. Just <laughs> remember that I was about 40 something when I got my first real network show. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. You're 44. Right. And I'm on your but network. I, so, right. I mean, I didn't get that yet either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I had producers. That liked me. That's true. Yeah. And, and I do not, apparently. Yeah, apparently not. Let me give you a it's couple of these, It's getting worse though. and worse. This is the Brimley Cocoon line. These are some of the, the recent people who have just crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Think about what Wilford Brimley in the movie Cocoon felt like when that movie came out. Um, Tracy Gold from Growing Pains. She was the teenage daughter in Growing Pains. She just crossed the line. Tucker Carlson just crossed the line. He Tucker Carlson is older than Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. He does not look it. It does. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I, I think. Say. I think my hair does not help. No, it probably yeah. doesn't. But I can't. You can't. I can't color it. I can't. I wouldn't want to in the first place. But it's like you know, you got a hair of of white hair. You just how come that worked for Richard Gere and it doesn't work for me? I, right. <laughs> oh, there's so how come many. It works for so many patients. <laughs> I can't even. I mean, we don't have that long of a show. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Oh, man, uh, you are in. You're in deep trouble tonight. Uh, watch the. Um, watch if you dare, because uh, I'm coming on. Your first guest. Your producer just lined up a first guest, mm-hmm. Glenn Beck. There we go. So that's tonight. Sounds good. On Stu Does um, America, and I'll tell you why we named this Stu Does America tonight, and I have photographic evidence as well and by the way you can get all this for free uh on youtube wherever you get your podcast please go and click subscribe uh and so that you know i don't get canceled by my executive producer after one episode yeah yeah that's probably gonna happen (laughs) uh you know your executive producer was in there pitching for you but the head of the network he was he hated it i don't understand he hated it anyway hackers are everywhere uh you'll you see that 20-something-year-old kid, if you're in the coffee shop listening to us right now in Starbucks, see all those kids. They're probably hacking your Wi-Fi. <laughs> I know it looks like they're making your coffee, but they're not. They're probably hacking the Wi-Fi system right now. And, uh, and maybe they're even, now they know, they're into your home security camera. This is not a surprise to anybody who's li- living in 2020 that hackers, you know, uh, not only do these kinds of things, but they've streamlined the process with types of uh, software that you haven't even thought about. And they get in their grubby little hands on on everything that you don't protect. It's important to understand how cybercrime is affecting our lives. And identity theft is another serious issue. And somebody's identity is stole every two seconds. So if you miss something, um, you most likely are missing it because you're only monitoring your credit. 
That's why there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts, like your social security number on sale in the dark web. If there's a problem, the agents will work to fix it. I not only have this, I have it for my kids too, because one of the big things is kids don't need their social security number until they're like, you know, 16. So I've had this on them since birth because you never know. And I don't want my kids' life wrecked before they've even started. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threat you might miss on your own. Get 25% off right now using the promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head over to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK for 25% off. Now it's 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so can we talk a little bit about uh, Joe Biden and his slippage? Uh, I think that Joe Biden, if he doesn't, if he comes in fourth or fifth in New Hampshire, what is he? What is he ranking now? Fourth? Yeah, he is fourth in most of the most recent polls. Okay, so if he comes in fourth or fifth in New Hampshire, and it shows him there hasn't been a single poll out in South Carolina since the Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. If those internal polls show him polling at third or fourth, I think he drops out. I think there's a good chance if New Hampshire comes through, particularly if Klobuchar passes him, if he finishes fifth in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. how does he go on? Because these, these polls are going to change in a big way. He's not raising any money. There's no momentum. He wasn't raising there's money no, when he was the leader. Right. There's no momentum. There's not. This well, is, uh, wow. What? <laughs> There needs to be Joe Mentum. I like the term too much. Yeah, but yes, you're right. Know, there's I not. Know. There's no. There's no Joe Mentum. Uh, the recent, the most recent poll, which is from, yeah, before really any of this. Uh, yeah, stuff this came is all out. changing. Iowa, Iowa, and New Hampshire will change all of that. So Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, it was a dead heat statistical tie. Really, they're giving it to uh, Pete Buttigieg. Um, but, Although he won, you know, it's, it should be noted. And I, you know, if it. Sanders won both measures of the popular vote. So he got more votes in the state mm-hmm. by both measures. Mm-hmm. He just, the way they assigned delegates, it was sort of a, mm-hmm. a situation, you know, the same type of thing that happens with the electoral college in a weird way. Although their process was much more screwed up than the yeah. electoral college ever was. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, Pete Buttigieg. I mean, that's a pretty weird name. It's almost foreign sounding. Uh, I think even more foreign sounding than even like uh, Barack Obama, because we were, you know, what is Barack it? Hussein, uh, Hussein Obama. We knew that we those, knew na- <laughs> those names were in our life all the time. Mm-hmm. And we were told during the Obama administration that we fear st- strange foreign sounding names. Mm-hmm. I think Buttigieg is more strange and foreign than um, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. You kind of know where, you know. Where, where that where that name's coming from? Buddha Judge? No idea. I, try, I have. I don't even have a guess. Where is yeah. it? Where is it from? I don't, Do I don't know? know, but someplace What's foreign. The, let's let, get, see if we get the shadow app will uh, shadow links app. Poles, Czechoslovakian, Buddha Judge. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of sounds. I like have that. no idea. Nor do I care. And nor did I care for Barack Obama either. Which no, you're out. supposed to. I know. I, we to fear a foreign sounding name. I feared the guy who kept saying he wanted to massively uh, expand our yeah. government control of our economy yeah. and fundamentally transform the United States of America, and who today yeah. is being called by the Washington Post a centrist candidate uh, in comparison to what they're running. Now, the, well, the headline of the story is uh, uh, 
uh, let's see, where is it? No, no, Pete Buttigieg and uh, Joe Biden are not centrists. From the Washington Post is telling you this. What the hell? What do you think that's all about? It's just what it is, is it's true. I, I, I don't well, know why I they're telling the it to time? us. But When's the last time the Washington Post said anything true? And they're compar- they're comparing uh, they're comparing um, their Buttigieg and um, uh, Biden to just the stuff Obama was proposing. And it's so far to the left of that. And again, I never considered Biden a centrist. Remember, yeah. he was one of the most him they and was, Biden were the more like one and two most liberal yeah. senators in the Senate yeah, when they he ran. and Obama. And and Excuse you know, me, yeah. and by the way, Obama is not a centrist either. Can we just point out that yesterday in the Oscars, uh, what a surprise, Barack Obama got an Oscar. His new series that they wow. paid him a whole bunch of money for, I think $100 million at Netflix, what a surprise, he got an Oscar. And the director of this documentary that he made, which was about the American factory, um, got up and said, hey, we just we made this because we have a fundamental belief that the world will be a better place when the workers of the world unite. Incredible. So, yeah, he's totally a centrist. Just come out and blurt it out. Yeah, I mean, that blurt is out. Marx. Yeah, do you remember when? Yes. Do you remember when yes. they would get mad at us yes. for calling them socialists? Yes. That's one of the things we're going to do on Stu Does America tonight with Bernie. Because it's like, do you? Re- this is not long ago. We're just a f- just very recently. We were, there were articles and, and all sorts of things saying w- what a smear it was to call a Democrat a socialist. They've been these Republicans have been trying this forever, and it's not true. It's obviously not true. It's just a smear. And you know what? There's hints of racism behind it all over the place. Now they're like, oh yeah, the socialist. Yeah, he's our front runner. It's crazy. Just blurry. I mean, it's amazing. Crazy. By the way, Buttigieg, Maltese. Maltese. That's what I was thinking. Maltese. Maltese. Where is that? And I so I googled Maltese. All it is is the pictures of the pretty dogs, the adorable dogs. (laughs) He's he's a little adorable puppy dog. He is half dog, half person. I think so. That is weird. I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm very uncomfortable. How much of the falcon <laughs> you know, is he? They do they do run polls and they say I think it's 41% of African Americans are uncomfortable having a gay president. But how many are uncomfortable having a half man half dog president? <laughs> right. It's got to be higher than that. It's got to be. It's got to be in the gotta 80s. Got to. It's got to be slow You 80s. would think in the old days it would have been in the 100, 100, you know, 100%. Right. Now, maybe 99 with 1% like undecided. But now Half dog people can just run for president higgledy piggledy and nobody cares. That America, that's the state of our union today. <laughs> why didn't why didn't Trump put that in the speech? You're listening to Glenn Beck. Okay, some great stuff from blinds.com, the leading name in window dressings and the company I order my blinds from. If your window coverings look a bit like they, you know, invested in the housing market in early 2008, might be time to uh, get something new and fresh on the windows. And may I recommend Blinds.com. If you go to Blinds.com, you'll save up to 40% off everything, plus get an extra $20 off with the promo code BECK. This offer ends today, so don't hesitate. Every order gets free samples, free shipping. And let's say you're not an interior designer. 
Good news. Team at Blinds.com will help you every step of the way if you want them. 100% satisfaction guaranteed means if you're not totally satisfied, they're going to remake the window treatments for free. Nobody else does that. It's Blinds.com. Save up to 40% on everything plus an extra $20 off with the promo code BECK. That's 40% off everything plus an extra $20 off with promo code BECK. But this offer ends today. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. It's tonight's tonight. Uh, Stu does America. It launches. Glenn Beck, first guest. Uh, go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn. Save 10 bucks off your subscription or get it for free on YouTube or podcast. Welcome to the program, the Glenn Beck program, with uh, my best friend and cohort for 30 years, Mr. Pat Gray, who also does uh, uh, whatever it is he does. Pat Gray Unleashed. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Immediately preceding this show. Yeah, whatever. Um, how you doing, <laughs> Thank Pat? You. Thank you for the, uh, for the promotion there. Yeah, that was, well. That was powerful. It's, uh, it's, it's I can do it. I Happy birthday, it. too, Mr. Thank you. 56-year-old man now. Thank you. Thank I noticed you, you and uh, happy birthday yesterday to Stu. You both are... Lying dog-faced pony soldiers. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> the, hey, that is a great, great put down. I yeah, guess. It, I mean, what's the? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm just joking, of course. But it's a, <laughs> I'm, it's a joking put down. Do lying? we have a Sarah? Do we happen to have that audio? You lie. So, how do you explain yeah. the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? It's a good question. Number one, it pissed him off. I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm wow. going to be honest with you. What? Wow. I mean, right, exactly. And it just what? came off the top what? of his head. I've yeah. never heard that before. I, I haven't either, ever. Yeah. He's used it before. He used it in 2018 on the campaign trail for, I don't know, somebody he was promoting, and he called his opposition that same thing. A lying dog-faced pony soldier. Supposedly. <laughs> what does that even mean? His campaign says he got it from a John Wayne movie, but nobody can find it in a John Wayne movie. He might have watched. I watched a John Wayne movie last night. It was good. Um, Joe, you were with us all last night. You were not watching any movies. Last... No, I watched movie last night. Now, I mean, you know, yeah, he's I know, lost it. I know yeah. both of you guys follow film critic Ferran Smith Neme. Oh, oh my yeah, God. religiously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Twitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I got him pinned to my top, uh, the top of my. Did you just say feed. you have he? I have him. him hey, it's yeah, a woman. Now, why would you say him? I mean, hey, 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 hey! Watch your pronouns here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So she says that uh, the line was a combination uh, of the 1952 film mm-hmm. starring Tyrone Powell. Yeah, mm. so it's not even it's called, not even John Wayne called Pony, Pony soldier, soldier, and a phrase used to describe an infantry soldier in a way that was uniquely Uncle Joe. So this is really wow. great. So now what we have is a guy who even boomers can't relate to right. yes <laughs> boomers are like <laughs> what pony soldier <laughs> what? what movie was dog, what my <laughs> dog face pony soldier what 
hell? He's got a new dance out. It's called the Charleston. <laughs> I mean, he did do a no malarkey express. He does yeah, seem I to know, lean I into know, this a little no, bit. I know, I know. Which is probably know, the smart yeah. thing to do. Just lean into it and try to win every, you know, uh, elderly voter who should, they actually show up at the polls. Yes. Yeah, unlike he's in many really of the other bad demos. shape, though. I don't think they're showing up to, to vote for him. No. I, I think people have realized he's lost it. I seriously think people believe he can't do the job now. And that's why he finished fourth in Iowa. And that's why he might be as low as fifth in New Hampshire. And there's no excitement. I mean, he's None. not bringing any excitement, anything new, nothing, nothing, yeah. Yeah. nothing. The amazing thing is that they botched this up so badly that there's no momentum for Sanders or Buttigieg either. And they basically tied in I Iowa. I would disagree. But I nobody think even knows it. I think Buttigieg has some uh, momentum. Well, they just said he's slipping in the polls now. Yeah. So he was rising... Like Friday and Saturday, now he's slipping. Guys, the, that was one day, probably one poll. Guys, might the, be. the front runner in this race is Bernie Sanders right now. Yeah, no, I know. Really I know. Yeah, legitimately is. I, know. I mean, mm-hmm. which is an incredible thing to say, but it's true. I mean, Buttigieg is making a statement that he could be the guy in the moderate, and he's not a moderate, but the moderate lane to oppose Sanders. Um, and, you know, that's something to be noted, but he mm-hmm. hasn't accomplished enough to do that. And he's so moderate that he believes you can kill a baby right up to birth. Yep. Doesn't care. Yep. He, he wants to pack care. the Supreme Court so they can win right. all the Supreme I mean, these are not moderate super proposals. Moderate. Yeah, super moderate. Did you hear the, um, the, the, the ad that Biden did on Buttigieg, though? It's pretty freaking solid, actually. This, if, this, if this Joe Biden showed up for this campaign, he'd be winning the primary by 20 points. But that Joe Biden, he's still looking for the remote control of his television right. set. <laughs> yeah. he's not, he, he, he did not do this commercial. No, but listen right. to it anyway. Here it is. This is uh, Biden's most recent ad on Pete Buttigieg. Barack Obama called Joe Biden the best vice president America's ever had. But Pete Buttigieg doesn't think much of the vice president's record. Let's compare. When President Obama called on him, Joe Biden helped lead the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which gave health care to 20 million people. And when park goers called on Pete Buttigieg, he installed decorative lights under bridges, <laughs> giving citizens of South Bend colorfully illuminated rivers. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Buttigieg have taken on tough fights. Under threat of a nuclear Iran, Joe Biden helped to negotiate the Iran deal. And under threat of disappearing pets, Buttigieg negotiated lighter licensing regulations on pet chip scanners. <laughs> Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Pete have wow. helped shape our economy. Joe Biden helped save the auto industry, which revitalized the economy of the Midwest and led the passage and implementation of the Recovery Act, saving our economy from a depression. Pete Buttigieg revitalized the sidewalks of downtown South Bend by laying out decorative brick. And both Biden and this Buttigieg have made so hard good. This is Trump. Despite Trump. pressure from yeah. the NRA, Jill Biden passed the assault weapons ban through Congress. Then he passed the Violence Against Women Act. And even when public pressure mounted against him, former Mayor Pete fired the first African-American police chief of South Bend. And then he forced out the African-American fire chief, too. Wow. Electing I mean, the president. What is... you've done matters. That's devastating. That's the wow. that's the most effective, devastating ad I've seen. It's, a, it's one of the best I, political ads I've ever seen in my life. I like yeah, decorative really lighting, good. though. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, it? I, uh, the decorative lighting looked good. Under, right. under the bridges and the rivers, under the bridge, looked nice. it looked beautiful. I bet the decorative I bet you brick. Judge is a dance fighter too. Oh yeah, yeah. You I think, think so? he is. Yeah, he might have learned it entirely <laughs> uh, from uh, you know from uh, oh shoot, what's the the movie uh, the Jungle movie? Damn it. Uh, you guys are not. You guys no. 
I don't know. This the Chris the Rock is in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Jude Manji. Oh, jeez. Making in-depth Jumanji references? I wasn't an in-depth one. You guys are just like, I don't know. You're (laughs) pathetic when it comes to movies. Sorry, we haven't seen Jumanji. uh, I mean, if you were talking about a reference from... It was only one of the bigger movies in the last two years. Not Mm -hmm. as big as uh, Tyrone Powell in uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pony Soldier. Soldier. That was a good one. You're such a jerk. You're such a jerk. But that's an incredible ad. That's a great ad. All the points they're making on Biden's side are... To me, terrible. I, like the fact that he negotiated yeah. the Iran deal is something you erase off the off the right. resume, yeah. not put on it. Yes, but still, no, but to imagine the Democratic that. primary. I mean, nobody's going to see that ad because Biden is going to be out of the race soon. So, but I mean, if I were Trump, if if yeah. Buttigieg is the guy, that's that's what I would run, and that's what they think is is going to be an issue because they they think Democratic voters might see that side of it. Trump's going to use these this ad. To hammer yeah. Buttigieg if he becomes the nominee, yes. and now we're going to get mad at Biden for it. Yeah. But I mean, if you're Biden, you've got to point this stuff out. Look, Buttigieg has accomplished. I mean, nothing it, it really. I love how they're calling him former Mayor Pete. He's not even still the mayor. Remember this. He's not even actually running South Bend, Indiana right now. He's not. He's a former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. He currently has no job. Did other his than term running for end in November? I think it did end in. Yeah, it was, it it was recent. It was the last yeah, few months. Okay, so he didn't run again. Yeah, he's not. He's no longer. I don't know if he was term limited or if he uh, if he just didn't run again. But the point is, he did try to run and, and elevate himself inside the Indiana Democratic Party, and he lost. <laughs> right, like he couldn't Jeez. even be the big the big wig at like the the Indiana DNC. You know, he really. You know, look, he served the country, and that's that's something that is mm-hmm. as much better than anything I'll ever do. There's, it's not that he has no experience. He's a smart guy, obviously. He's he's been able to earn a lot of money, and and uh, and he's done well. In, but you in don't his go career. from small town mayor to president uh, of the United States. Absurd. It's I mean, absurd. It's ridiculous. I mean, he he comes off on stage as as uh, I think he has he definitely has a weird smarmy sort of character, especially when he starts talking about religion. He comes off as really unlikable, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, he's a smart guy. I think he he, he knows should how leave to, the religious thing alone. Yeah, that's he, duplicitous. It, especially the way he does it, because it's yeah. like, oh yeah, well my yeah. religion uh-huh. says you don't know Christianity. Uh-huh. Don't talk down to us about Christianity, right. Pete. Right. You know what I mean? I got, I got that. And like, you're being a little selective on your scriptures you, thank too. You. So yeah. let's not. Maybe yeah, that's do probably that. not a good direction for right. him to go. That would th- that will piss off, uh, you know. America Any, as a whole. And it will. African-American communities. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not happy about it. That's they're not, not happy no. about that. They don't like it. But he is, I think, if you were to look at just on paper, uh, not on paper, because that would give you the resume idea. His resume is terrible. But if you look at it, you're watching a debate. He comes off as the most competent one on stage, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren is terrible. Biden can barely even speak. Sanders looks insane. Steyer has no personality. Klobuchar actually looks better than the rest. Klobuchar is so slogany, though. Yeah, she I is. cannot take it. She cannot <clears throat> answer a question without going to something she's memorized from 10 minutes before. Yeah. Like, they asked her, like, like, what do you think about uh, Donald Trump? Well, I'll tell you, she, he's got three words that describe him. Deceptive and dishonest. And my three words would be, and it's like, wh- who are you? Who speaks <laughs> this way? <laughs> like, she cannot. If she was more natural, I really think she actually could be winning this race so i don't think that they have anybody now i really don't with without there joe no biden way. without joe biden maybe mm-hmm. klobuchar but klobuchar is she's just i don't think she's strong enough uh to go after it she doesn't have there's no there's no you know momentum behind her the only one that really has any kind of momentum is bernie but yeah. it is so limited 
And what does that say about the Democrat Party? Mm. That a non-Democrat socialist is leading their party. Uh, to me, that's incredibly well. It's bad. The, it's the end of the Democratic. It party. is. It's the it's, end of the Democratic Party. Is. They let they they embrace these socialists beginning in the early two thousands. And they openly embraced them, said, come on in. They thought they were using them for fuel. Turned out the other way around. It's the other way around. And when Bernie says, hey, it's not just Donald Trump and the Republicans, it's the Democratic Party, too. He means it. He means it. Yeah. And they've, they've signed their own death warrant. And, you know, Bernie's coming in. I mean, the, the, only, the only saving grace would be a Michael Bloomberg for the Democrats to come in. But Michael Bloomberg is authoritarian. He's everything that they say they hate. Yeah, he's absolutely Trump an authoritarian. Would destroy him. I absolutely think so too. Destroy him. You don't think Donald Trump is likable? I'd like to introduce yeah. you to Michael Bloomberg. He was, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. We were in New York when he was mayor, and he was awful. Awful. He's just he's an awful human being. Yeah, he's a miserable and guy. just a hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he talks about global warming. This is the guy that when we were in New York, he didn't want his car to run because he got in trouble for the for the carbon. You know, he'd go in and give a speech and he wanted his car to be air conditioned at like 68 degrees. When he got in, he didn't want it to be hot. <laughs> so he had the car running. And then the global warming activist said, look at what you're doing. He's running all his vehicle, you know, for 20 or 30 minutes. Keep it cool. So. He just gave the guy an extension cord, and I'm not kidding, an apartment window air conditioner. That they put in Mm -hmm. the car. And they plugged it in like in the lobby of the hotel, (laughs) ran the cord to his car. It's, I mean, unbelievable. I will say this. That story you just described is the most likable thing about Michael Bloomberg. It is. Like, I love that story, actually. Yeah. I think it's great. If it wasn't for him, you know, bitching about the climate all the time, that's a fantastic problem solver. Yeah. Mike can get it done. I would believe it if he wasn't hiding from it. Right. You put a window air conditioner in your car because you want it cooler. Right. But but at the same time, he's saying, oh, we're all going to die from global warming warming we got to stop this global warming he's just such a hypocrite he is the guy that you know the soviets used to have that that special lane Mm -hmm. for important people regular people uh, regular people didn't have a car but you know semi-regular people couldn't drive their car in that lane that was only for the michael bloomberg's of the world and when you have 54 billion dollars that's how you live your life and i have no problem with you living your life that way if you have 54 billion dollars but don't Tell me to the rest of us. That, that is just to ridiculous. the point where he tries to take salt and, and soda away from mm-hmm. us because you're too dumb. He, and he wants to raise taxes on the poor because they'll do bad things with their own money. Yeah. I mean, that that's is, crazy. Uh, Amazing. Remarkable. I mean, that, how is that? How are you going to expecting to get through anything when you're actually saying that? I mean, he to has Democrats. Sa- yeah, mm-hmm. he has said that in speeches. He has said that in interviews with Democrats. I'm going to raise the taxes on the poor because <laughs> when they have the money. They buy cigarettes. They buy the wrong things with with foods. And yeah, I mean, that's insanity. And, you know, look, he has not had basically any criticism yet of him from Democrats. There's a lot to pick apart if you want to win a Democratic primary on Mike Bloomberg. He's just Mm -hmm. running legitimately unopposed nationwide outside of these first four states. And that is going to get him into double digits in the polls. And then he's going to have a chance to make a Sanders run win thing. Sanders win in tomorrow yes yeah oh yeah I think so number one mm-hmm. and remember Glenn before so. Iowa before New Hampshire Sanders was already tied for the lead in Nevada 
So the chances of him winning Nevada are very really good. good. If he he wins could New win Hampshire. all four. And if he, he wins all four. He could sweep all four. There's never Biden's been anybody counting on South Carolina to stop yeah. that and be his firewall. But if, yeah. And if he wins all four, it's uh, it's Ooh, Bloomberg. It's him versus Bloomberg, and that's it. Yeah. And then the Democrats are going to have to say, we, you know what? We don't Let's like socialists. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All Amazing. right. Thank you very much, Pat. All right. Our Pat Grant Unleashed, by the way, uh, podcast available everywhere. When you're subscribing to it, you can also subscribe to Stu Does America, available now on YouTube and podcast. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, so the housing market is perfect right now. Buyers can now purchase a home that was $48,000 more expensive than a year ago while still paying the same principal and interest. That's a 16% increase in buying power because of the lower interest rates, and it means owning a home is much more affordable. So if you're thinking about buying a home, now may be the time to snatch one up. For that matter, maybe you're thinking of refinancing. If you're already in a mortgage, it's possible you could refinance and get a better interest rate right now. Remember, 16% increase uh, in your savings if you're buying over last year. If you've had a mortgage for more than a couple of years, please Please start doing your homework. Call the mortgage consultants at American Financing. The number is 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. They're waiting for your call now. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, something with the uh, coronavirus just doesn't make sense. Um, And, you know, I want to chalk it up to our government actually being effective and making sure that we're, you know, we got everything prepared. But was the last time that happened ever? Has that ever happened? Um, So I want to go over some of the stats. I got got some good news for you on the coronavirus if it if it does hit here. We'll do that and look at some of the videos coming out of China coming up. All right, New Year deserves a new pair of Tecovis boots. Start strong with that feeling of confidence and comfort that only comes with a real high-quality pair of Western boots. Even if you've never worn cowboy boots before, Tecovis has the perfect pair for you. Tecovis boots, they're made to honor the cowboy in all of us. And I don't care where you live, there is a part of you that's cowboy, honorable in your daily dealings, authentic in the way we live, committed to the ideals that built the greatness that is America. And every pair is handmade with high-quality, full-grain leathers by world-class bootmakers with no shortcuts or compromises ever. The styles are classic and handsome up any room they're in, and when you wear your Tecovis, I mean, you shouldn't kick down any doors, but it's good to know that you probably could. Tecovis, they haven't forgotten about middle America. Instead, they cut out the middleman, so you pay a fair price. Plus, free shipping and exchanges makes it simple. So find your pair at tecovis.com slash Beck. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Tecovis, Western goods for new frontiers. Did you see that interview, the ambassador of China? I've seen a couple of clips of it, but I yeah, it's it's making the rounds as you know. Look, he didn't deny it. 
I think he did. Uh, and I thought that was a reasonable response. Yeah, he he said he wasn't sure, right? But he does say it sounded crazy. Right. Right. I mean, right. That was a weird, you're right. I've seen that same headline in it. Yeah, doesn't seem to fit. That. Uh, however, we do want to talk to you about the coronavirus because there are some things that are happening that we can't explain. Uh, and our government is taking steps to prepare the United States, which I think is fantastic. Coming up. Is is China just exercising their control over people because they can? Is the coronavirus what we're told it is? And do you know how to even avoid it? Why is the government putting our military bases up for uh, possible containment centers? Kind of a, a camp for those that are infected and legally... Can they do that? We go into the coronavirus, what we know and what we don't know, in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. When it comes to running your business, the scale pretty much doesn't matter. You could be doing $100,000, a million, 10 million, hundreds of million in revenue. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a way of getting a full picture of that business. It's easy when you have a smaller business because you can see everything. You, you, you're right there. Finance, inventory, HR, customers, all of these things, individual aspects of a company that you're running, and you desperately need visibility and control to make the right decisions so you can help your business grow. This is where NetSuite by Oracle comes in. NetSuite is going to make sure that all your departments communicate with each other, and it'll give you a dashboard that you can control from your phone or computer. It's the last system you're ever going to need. NetSuite is the world's number one cloud-based business system, and it is trusted by more than 19,000 companies. NetSuite, their customers grow faster than the S&P 500. That could be you and your company. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash Beck. Set up your free demo. Get the free guidebook today, netsuite.com slash Beck. So there's some satellite in images um, that are right on the outskirts of Wuhan that show there has been a massive release of silver dioxide gas. And there is no place in the world right now that has this level of, of sulfur dioxide. Now, this could be one of many things. No other city is coming close to this. Now, it could be that they're burning municipal trash and possibly animal carcasses. Um, And they just, they don't do it at the dump where they're normally doing it. This is on the outskirts of town in an open field. There is another explanation, and this is the one that's sexy, I guess, um, and causes a lot of fear in people, but 
dead bodies are being burned on the outskirts of the city. And if that is what it is, this, this, the, the problem with this number is this comes from burning organic material. And to get this kind of sulfur dioxide into the air, apparently it, you would have to burn as many as 14,000 bodies. Um, so if it's not that, what are you burning? Um, there are also, um, there are also these hospitals that are springing up and, uh, they're just places to take the people who are infected. I don't want to get into all the details on this because that seems even more sketchy than the sulfur dioxide. At least we have a map of these and we can see the we can see the actual emissions uh and know what it is but there there are really nasty things that are possibly going on now let me show you a video that comes from uh and I'll describe it it doesn't have any audio and I will describe it this is um a woman uh, that is running from the police. She's in a car chase, and she finally is pulled over. And the police drag her out of the car wearing masks, and uh, she is being held down on the ground, and somebody comes up. He has a syringe in his hand. Uh, he's dressed differently than the police. Don't know if he's with the police or what, but... Um, he comes with a syringe, he injects her with something, and she goes limp. She doesn't appear to be dead, but she's no longer fighting anymore. She was then whisked off into a, uh, an ambulance or a van and uh, taken away, they say, because of the coronavirus. We have seen several of these videos now. What I don't understand is if this has only killed 900 people, that's a lot. But here in America, we have, in the same period of time, we have already lost 22,000 people just to the regular flu. So in a, in a place like China, 900 people killed by this is not a big deal. Now, we don't, we don't know everything about it, but let me give you this stat. They're telling us now that this will be very different than it is in China, because it, it attacks the respiratory system and those who are weak. In China, over 60% of the people there smoke. So if you're, if, and they've been smoking since they were like 14. So if you're smoking and you, you get into your 50s or 60s, your lungs are really, really damaged. You're hit with the coronavirus, and it's likely that you don't survive just because of the damage that has happened to your lungs. Because you're a smoker. The other that they have found is that it is attacking those with diabetes. So if you are a smoker with diabetes, you have a good chance of getting this and dying from it in China. We don't know what their services are like in China and how they're dealing with it. We haven't, ha we haven't lost a single patient of this here in America. You will hear that we've lost an American citizen, but they were over in China. So we have cases here. We haven't lost any. Um, and if you're not a smoker with diabetes, you have a pretty good chance of getting this and 
you know, going on with your life. Which brings me, if those are the facts, what the hell is going on in China? Why are they, why are they quarantining millions of people? I mean, they can. Yeah, and that may be it. Right? That's like what I started this with. Yeah, maybe it's just that, you know, they do see it as a legitimate threat. It obviously is. And they are an authoritarian regime that can do whatever the hell they want to their people. So they're taking action. Could be that. Or it could be a lot worse than they're disclosing. That's a legitimate worry at this point. So when it comes today to is the day the factories are supposed to open up again. You know, they've been on the Chinese New Year and then the government extended it. They're having a problem getting people in uh, to uh, work. That was what they were they were expecting today. We don't know the results, but we were expecting the Chinese were to have a problem getting the factories actually open and running today. China, if if there is one thing, they care about the continuation of China much more than they do their people. If they're closing factories, or they're they were you know, uh, holding back any kind of, of, uh, factory work that's going to hurt them. A lot of people don't have, um, any kind of backlog, uh, past maybe March or April in March. If the factories aren't going in March, that will affect everything into the fall. That is a massive impact. One that China cannot afford to make. So it, Yes, we want to say, hey, they're maybe just they're doing this because they can and they're doing this because, uh, you know, they care about the whole world, which I don't believe for a second. Um, but maybe they're doing that. But why would they do it and hurt their own economy as well? Any thoughts on that one? I mean, if they didn't believe it was going to be really bad, I don't think they would be doing these things. Right. They think it's potentially really bad and of course you know when it comes to china having these issues it will be a drain on on everybody's economy i mean people won't be able to get parts from there much it's like a 100 percent tariff for a time right like it's you know it's going to react that badly um so it's one of those things where i think it really can affect the in, entire uh world when it comes to the economy imagine walking but, into an apple store and they just don't have a part yeah they don't have the iPhone. They don't have the iPad because they haven't gotten a shipment from them. We were talking to somebody today who has their, their factory in China and uh, their business, and they only have a stockpile till April. Yeah. And so, like, if this goes on till April, they just can't sell anything at all. Because that's may- all. But that's it. Other than that, their business is fine. They just can't sell any more units. Kind of a major <laughs> issue. Uh, you know, and, and rerouting supply chains and all that is not really an easy option. I mean, it's it's hard to do, which is one of the big issues with with the tariffs and that, like, you, when you change suppliers to a new supplier, if you're in China and now you're going to take stuff from India or uh, Vietnam or wherever it is, are you going to go back to your old United States supplier when the tariffs go away? That's one of the big complaints companies Correct. here have. They're like, well, they're not going to do that anymore. They're not going to come back to us. We gave it to them. Um, and they it, they could rely on it. Now they can rely on someone else. So why the, why are they going to bother switching it up again to go to a higher priced country? Um, that's the long term worry about that. I mean, I think the economy overall is, is strong enough to to withstand what's happened so far. As you know, as far as that goes. But when it comes to 
a tie an entire shutdown of Chinese factories. I mean, that is something that we're not very well prepared to deal no, with. No, not at all. And we get most of our medicine now from China. Mm-hmm. I mean, people aren't thinking about that. We we because of regulation and everything else, we're driving the pharmaceutical companies out of the United States. And so they're not making them here. <laughs> they're just, making them in China. You see the thing that was going around where someone wanted to get a mask because you know, they were concerned about the flu and the coronavirus and they were going to put it on and it said made in the, China. It said it said made in Wuhan, China. And then it, oh it said it had been gosh. Per, uh, personally tested. Like it was like, <laughs> like normally that's like you know, it's like handmade is usually a, a, is something you like. It's got a personal touch to it. I don't want someone personally test, testing my my medical mask in Wuhan. Yeah, they died. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they're but totally toast. The medical mask worked. So <laughs> that's great. So there's there's uh, also something that again is most likely just our government uh being efficient and preparing for the absolute worst, which I want them to do. I want them to do. Um 11 military bases near major airports in the United States are now setting up to be quarantine centers for possible coronavirus patients department of health and human services asked the pentagon for quarantine space uh, in case the beds fill up at other coronavirus centers around the country the pentagon has already agreed to house a thousand people for quarantine after they return to the united states from china as of friday more than thirty-one thousand four hundred people had been infected with the coronavirus today the coronavirus is uh, that that number just from friday it was 31,000 today that number is over 40,000 that have been infected now the reason why i bring this up is because there's something that we should pay attention to now does the federal government have the quarantine rights the the quarantine powers uh, outlined under federal and state laws, do order the CDC and Health Department and Human Services to declare an, a, med, a medical quarantine, including commandeering local and state facilities and law enforcement agencies and officers. The list of agencies include the Coast Guard, the Border Patrol, Customs at Ports of Entry, but it does not include any provision for the use of mili- military, um, U.S. military, either domestically or internationally. After SARS, that scare in 2003, Bush, too, issued an executive order that authorized the use of the National Guard troops at the discretion of state governors, specifically for SARS quarantine, if it would become necessary. That order has been updated now three times, most recently in 2014 by Obama, to include longer lists of diseases, including uh, uh, Ebola. But the uh, Posse Comitatus Act, passed in 1878, prohibits the use of U.S. federal military, Army, Air Force, Navy personnel from being used to enforce domestic policies or laws within the United States. It is noteworthy, perhaps, to note that the act does not include the U.S. Marines, at least by name. It does not specifically also include Coast Guard, National Guard, military police from being used uh, and uh, certainly bases. Does it include Space Force? It does not include Space ah, Force. Ah, that yeah. I mean, this is this is a big story. Yeah, big big story. We need, to, we need to break this. So we have 250 people who are quarantined on a military base. 
does anybody care the fact that the military doesn't have the right to do that? Now, they're offering it up for the Department of Health and Human Services. But when do we when do we care and when do we not care? I mean, if this thing is spreading like wildfire fire, how many people are going to actually go, you know, the military can't do that. Who's going to listen to them? This is how fast we change is in a dire emergency. And I don't think we're going to be in a dire emergency. I think we're just really prepared for something um, because all of the all of the medical stats coming out of China show that, yeah, it could be a big deal there. But it sh- and maybe in Europe because of the amount of smokers, but it shouldn't be here in the United States. Ah, romance. Ah. It's in the air, you know. Is this the week where it saturates and falls to the ground? You end up digging uh, digging it into the carpet, and you're like, I can't get this love that just spilled all over my carpet out. Anyway, if you're a hardened old cynic or just someone falling in love for the first time, the universal constant remains the same. She would like something on Valentine's Day. Maybe that's roses. So get her something. All right. Now, 1-800-Flowers.com. We always talk about the roses. And right now they have a great special on roses. I'll tell you about in a minute. But they also have all kinds of different flowers, different gifts, foods. Every You won't believe what is available at 1-800-Flowers.com. So maybe she hates flowers. You'll find the gift that is perfect for her at 1-800-Flowers.com. But when it comes to roses, right now you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99, but this offer expires today. So call them, 800-Flowers, 1-800-Flowers.com. Go there now, look at the website, make sure you click on the radio uh, icon and enter the promo code BECK. It's 1-800-Flowers.com. Order this today, 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for only $29.99. Promo code is back. Uh, back. Uh, the offer expires today, 1-800-Flowers.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, the problem with this is this is the kind of stuff where a deep fake can change the world. This is where mm. this is where fake information changes everything quickly because you don't know what to trust coming out of China now. You have no idea. For instance, uh, Chinese uh, Chinese cities are apparently trying to flush out the coronavirus uh, by stopping cough medicine sales. Cough is a common symptom, sixty eight percent. People are not wanting to go to the hospital. I mean, would you? Would you want to go to the hospital if you knew it was overcrowded and people were in the hallways and you weren't getting any help? Would you want to go there? I wouldn't. So they've stopped the sales of cough medicine to hopefully get people to come uh, to the to the hospital. You have video clips taken from uh, Chang, uh, Chang Queen, I guess, Chang Queen uh, Garden, Wuhan, man sprinting away from a group of officials, uh, officers uh, in another video carrying large metal sticks. 
Um, Saturday, officials confirmed 722 coronavirus deaths in mainland China. Uh, they revealed five more Britons. Another clip uh, taken as supposedly in China shows suspected coronavirus sufferers dragged from their homes. There was a video you saw this weekend of somebody <laughs> locked into their home. Could have been. Yeah, you don't know. Could have been just totally faked. But one of these things could set off, uh, you know, a crazy sequence of events where people are really panicking. We've seen this happen. This happened in India um, a couple years ago where a fake kidnapping video came out and it was they were blaming the kidnapping on this one yes. group and it caused actual murders yes. because they were getting revenge for this kidnapping that was actually like it wasn't even a deep fake it was like cut out of a PSA to warn you to not get, let your kids get kidnapped but it made it look like real footage yeah and they said that it was some strangers and something that are coming to your town you know and again it was just a warning of how to look out but this, it was it was edited online mm-hmm. to make it seem like it was a news report. Those strangers that looked kind of like what the what the video was talking about showed up in a small town, and didn't they beat them all to death? Or yeah, I'm a, yeah, a bunch of them horrible, died over it. Brutal, yeah. brutal yeah. deaths. And it's happened in you know in several countries. These types of events. Where, you know, maybe the media isn't so sophisticated and people are just getting into the world of social media and, you know, people freak out. I mean, people freak out here, too, but the overwhelming news coverage can usually push those things back uh, into a reliable place where most people don't believe them. You always have people who do. That being said, if it's really convincing... And, you know, maybe, you know, the mainstream media can't figure out whether it's real or not for a couple weeks. What happens in that situation? It's, I mean, it's terrifying. It reminds me of the stand with Captain Trips, uh, where you know people are trying to get the information out and they're silenced, and you just don't know what's happening. We should uh, probably watch what we send to each other. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there is a man walking out onto a deck that looks out at snow-capped mountain peaks, snow-dusted fir trees. From the tree line all the way down and a pearl-colored valley shorn of comfort by the biting mountain winds. Fur-lined duster keeps him warm. The pleasing sound of snow crunching beneath his feet is like a beautiful prayer right now. That's happening someplace in America. In some ways, he tamed this land. In others, it tamed him. The flash fire of time burned away all the impurities, and the man rests comfortably beneath the weight of his own integrity— and nothing speaks more to integrity at this moment than a pair of Tecovis boots that are on his feet. They're handmade with great care. It takes over 200 steps to make them. Other companies can cut those steps, but not Tecovis. Timeless style, boots that are, are relevant 50 years ago will be relevant in the next 50 years. At half the price, find your pair of Tecovis boots. Go to T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. That's Tecovis dot com slash Beck. And you can go to BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code Glenn. Get 10 bucks off your subscription. Tonight, the debut, Stu Does America. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
The host of White House Brief is uh, John Miller, and uh, John was hmm. was watching the Oscars last night, <laughs> and uh, I think it was his first day with Twitter, uh, and made a uh, made a comment that John, 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 hi Glenn, hi. How long have we known each other? Uh, about ten years, right? Right. What is your grade? What was your grade point average at Columbia University? It was. It was right. It wasn't a four. It was. It was. It was uh-huh. close to. It was uh-huh. a three seven around. Right. Right. So you're not a dummy. No. Right. Uh, what part but- of Twitter is too complicated <laughs> for you? <laughs> it's not the matter. It's not. It's okay. If you're looking for insightful comments and you know uh, and well thought out commentary. Twitter is not the place for you. And when you're live tweeting an event like the Super Bowl or the Oscars, um, sometimes you know you uh, you don't phrase things as as uh, eloquently as you would like. No, I don't think this one is not eloquent. <laughs> I think well, I, this is. I mean, I'm going to get. I'm, I'm I'm going to defend you here in a second. But this is one of the dumbest tweets I've ever seen because okay, so it's look. like you read it and you're like, oh, what? Read the read the non-eloquent tweet here. Mm, yeah. Okay. Do you do you have it? I, don't, I gotta pull it up here. In John, a you probably have it memorized by now. <laughs> I, I don't. That it's uh, but I do have it in my uh, notifications. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Hey, here we go. Here we go. A man named Bong John uh, Jun Ho was uh, wins the Oscar for best original screenplay over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 1917. Acceptance speech was great honor. Thank you. Then he proceeds to give the rest of his speech in Korean. These people are the destruction of America. Hey, now, what? if you read, okay, if you're I reading stand by the tweet up until that last line, right, which right. was was badly written. First yeah. of all, let me just say, but let me just say, uh, the it was interpreted, and I can see how it was interpreted that way. But the interpretation was that I meant Koreans mm-hmm. uh, will be the mm-hmm. downfall of America, which yeah. would have worked in like that 1952 right. on the media. But been. yeah, right. I, I've, I've <laughs> never heard. I've never heard a lot of anti-Korean monologues from John Miller in the past. <laughs> right. I don't see. <laughs> So I did not mean that Koreans would be the downfall of America. And, you know, you can't let the, the tweet sit in a vacuum, which I, I know is hard on Twitter. But if you look, there's a theme to my tweets, which the whole night I was complaining about, you know, the, the Oscars so woke problem. And, uh, and I saw this foreign film, which, frankly, I thought was OK, not great. Oh, John, your uh, taste just, is all in your mouth. That was brilliant. <laughs> As just another manifestation, I saw that as another manifestation of that. I mean, I mean, I was complaining about how there was not a single speech that had been given that was political. You know, the thing started with Janelle Monae. She's complaining about the lack of female directors and how she's so happy to be a, a black queer woman there. Chris Rock and um, and what's this? Uh, Steve Martin. The white Steve Martin talking the about white, how look a, a you lack, racist. White hair, white hair. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, John is a black man, and we yes. all know because. We've been drilled on this. Black men cannot be racist. So. That's what I thought, but that's where you'd be wrong because yeah. I'm the most racist man on Twitter now. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, you've got Brad Pitt talking about Bolton. They love Bolton now, which I think is hilarious. They think he's the best and how he didn't get his 45 seconds to talk about, um, about the Trump situation. And then you just and then you had Obama Netflix documentary producer that person quoting the Communist Manifesto in the speech, um, crazy. and then you know so I'm talking about all of that and then you have the screenplay go to a, a foreign film or you know it's now it's international film, um, which I thought was undeserving you know I saw Parasite I, I did fall asleep um, oh John John John, John John and I was not John. impressed with it 
as I, as much as I was some of the other films. So that was my thought process. And then I, uh, you know, I'm live tweeting the event, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you just your your hatred for Koreans just it, jumps that's out. When that crept in. That's when yeah. that. Crept in. Yeah, you're just like we should have won the <laughs> Korean War. If you watch my uh, yeah, if you watch my show, that's that's one of the bigger themes. Yeah. <laughs> your anti-Korean stance is pretty well known. I mean, when you John, when you look at the the context of your tweets, it describes exactly what you're saying, right? Like, I, there's I don't think anybody could read the tweets around. Uh, this tweet and, yeah, but and nobody possibly believes it was it was about and Koreans. Right. Yeah. That is nobody the problem does. with Twitter. When, I think John Legend and his wife uh, Chrissy Teigen. Yes. You know when they quote tweet you, um, the context kind of gets taken away, um, <laughs> and uh, and then Hollywood starts going after you like a bunch. But of we always heard people. we always heard that racism really was about a power dynamic. Uh, Chrissy no. Teigen and John Le- uh, John Legend aren't they more powerful than you? They are. Uh, you would mm. think that they would recognize that. And that's what we have been told is that it, it's, you know, black people can't be racist because in order to be racist, you have to be powerful. the underdog. Yes. Excuse me. Yeah, you, you can't be the underdog and be racist. You have to be powerful. You have to be the one who is oppressing and has been oppressing for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, all of a sudden that switches, though, when Hollywood gets involved. Yeah, it's interesting. You as a, a young African-American gentleman uh, building his own business after graduating from Columbia you are apparently uh, the racist, and Chrissy Teigen right. and every every other woke white person who has been bashing you on Twitter, those people are not. And I, it's it is a fascinating dynamic, John, because, I mean, look, you can. This is an easy thing to do, and I think this is the biggest problem with Twitter. More than catching someone saying something bad, people try to catch people in the position where they can, they can, uh, like they can actually say they believe it's bad, even if they know it's not, right? Like, if they can, you know, in a way, sort of, like, communicate to the rest of the world that I I, I believe this is terrible, whether they believe it or not, I- even if they know if they read the other tweets, they'd probably be able to figure out that that is not what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But if you can convince the rest of your audience uh, in some sort of uh, uh, a way that can explain and, and, and bring through uh, the people to believe that that is what you meant. That's enough on Twitter. Correct. Correct. And, you know, the, and the fascinating thing is that in the replies, you have all of these people who are, you know, they come at you with the normal um, slurs, which they always do. Uh, you know, they use towards black conservatives, Uncle Tom, Coon, House Negro, etc. Mm. Um, and, and you have all these people who are supposed to be showing how tolerant they are and how much of a racist I am and how terrible of a person I am. Here's what Chrissy Teigen tweeted at me just to show how lovely of an individual she is compared to how uh, grotesque of an individual I am. She wrote, what a dumb effing tool you are. Your family is embarrassed because she apparently knows my family. She says, at gatherings, they are literally like, how's John doing that dumb little F-word tool? And everybody goes, yeah, we don't care. He's an effing dumb uh, S-word. And then she said, come say hi if you're out tonight, because apparently, um, you know, these people in Hollywood think that everybody uh, lives in L.A. and goes out with them at night. <laughs> she, she was hoping to see me. I didn't get a chance to see her. Oh, that would have been nice. I would have actually liked yeah. to see that conversation. Yeah, go down. that would have been really <laughs> sweet. Blurting out two syllable words at max. Uh, I, I, I do under because yeah, that's a great point. I mean, here she is just berating you as not only racist, but stupid again. Right. Like you, you know, you and the powerful white woman. Well, right. she, what is do she? We know? Might, she might be a mix of some sort, but I'm not sure. She's not. I, but oh like, my I'm gosh. fully black, and so she, uh, you know, so she has the power dynamic over me still.
Is that true? I don't. I don't know what the uh, the, the intersectional Olympics say about such a matter. We need to make if she's, the judges. If she's any part white. Okay. Done. Okay. There we go. And her husband too. Legend was doing it as well, right? Her boyfriend, whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, you were trending. You're still trending. Night. You're still trending nationally. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'd like to be trending for other things than, but, you know, look, I'll take Other than your hatred for all Koreans? <laughs> Koreans, right. such an odd hatred to pick <laughs> up in the year 2020. I, it's just... John, 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 John. What are and you I, thinking? I, Remember I, all the I, Korean I, restaurants we went to in the past? I love <laughs> Korean food. You were always there the, going, I will not go in there with you. <laughs> Those people are destroying it's hatred. It's deep seated. Yeah, yeah. No, it is deep seated mm-hmm. hatred. Deep seated mm-hmm. hatred. Thank you for bringing that up. So, what have you learned about this, uh, John? Will you be live tweeting future award shows? Well, here's the hard thing about live tweeting is that you know you're trying to get out something very interesting to say about these things. Everybody does it, first of all, mm-hmm. but you're trying to say something interesting while trying not to miss the next crazy thing that is said. So you're kind of just like, ah, that looks good enough to me. Hit send, mm-hmm. and usually it doesn't result in being a nationally trending story. Usually it just results in like you know maybe a few people grumble about it. Um, so this kind of changes my perspective on it a bit. You know, sometimes you do have to proofread, and sometimes you do have to just not hit send. So I have to figure out how to uh, not to, hit send. Not, I could cut your not, thumbs off. How to maybe read how to maybe read the tweet over and and just you know finesse it a bit. You know, they say everybody needs an editor. <laughs> you know what's amazing is you get this rap for being this flamethrower and you know now racist against all Koreans, uh, and you yeah. are you've always been one of the most soft-spoken, non-confrontational kind of guys, and all of a sudden you're you're like, yeah, Chrissy, bring it on. <laughs> I don't know if I'd confront her in person. That's the thing. I think you know if I saw her in person because you know they get vicious, and especially in Hollywood, and you know they've got TMZ there and they feel empowered, and so uh, you know in person it might not be a you know I might I might be respectful, I might be nicer, but Twitter's a different animal. Uh, and that's probably, to be quite frank, the uh, problem with Twitter is that it just lets everybody, you know, I doubt Chrissy Teigen would say any of that to my face. No. Um, it, so it just lets every it just lets everybody say whatever they want, um, you know, as aggressively as they want it. Uh, and, you know, the, the problem is that's part of what makes Twitter fun. Uh, but it's also part of the part of Twitter that brings out the worst in us. Yeah. Okay, can you imagine like in all seriousness, reverse this for just a second. If you had a uh, a conservative celebrity. Right uh, out there, and just someone makes a tweet. Let's just say, like one of these uh, far left black uh, nationalist type of uh, people they have on MSNBC all the time, and tweeted something super, super uh, crazy about that. And the white conservative was uh, was critical of this crazy liberal opinion and used language like Chrissy Teigen used, which is despicable in every single way. The story would be totally reversed. And the conservative would be the one in trouble today. Oh, absolutely. And is there any doubt in anyone's mind that that's, that would no. be true? No, none. No, we have to play by different rules. And, I mean, yeah, we have to be aware of those rules. But, uh, I, I mean, conservatives have always had to play by a different set of rules. Mm. And, uh, and and that's just, that, that is just a reality. Um, and to a certain extent, we've accepted those rules, haven't we? We've we've said we don't get to we don't get the same luxuries as the left does in being understood. We're not able to, you know, have people come to our defense and say, well, no, you've got to look at the context, you've got to look at everything. 
Um, and in a certain way, we've kind of just said, well, these are the rules we have to play by. And in a way, we've, we've, we've lost in that sense where we've totally um, broken down and said, um, well, we're going to play by those rules because we still, to a certain extent, want to be you know, a part of the club and we still want to be accepted by um, – you know, whether it's Hollywood or the political elite here in D.C., we've said, you know, we want them to a certain extent to accept us and to not disparage us. And we're going to accept some of their rules, not all of them, maybe, but we're going to accept some of their rules so that they can accept us as legitimate and so that we can have credibility and so that they can see us as, you know, as not uh, a wingnut and completely crazy. So to a certain extent, I believe on that front we've lost because they don't give a crap. They'll say whatever kind of crazy crap they want and they'll get away with it. We've acknowledged we're not going to get away with it, and so we have to we, we have to be a little more careful. Mm-hmm. Well, I've learned a couple of things. Um, I didn't go to college, and even I'm better at Twitter than you are. <laughs> oh, you've uh, never uh, had a Twitter. Okay. Glenn's okay. never, never had a Twitter controversy, no, John. Never. Don't worry about it. John, never. Now, I've, now I'm going through, Glenn, your old tweets. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> uh, never. I know never, there's never, something. You've no, never there's <laughs> never been a problem with me. Uh, and the second is I've discovered that America suddenly cares that uh, Chrissy Teigen can speak, mm. which yes. who knew? Mm. Who cared? With a lot of f bombs and yeah. you know, other yes. words, words, but it's you know she can get them out. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, appreciate it. <laughs> I believe last time we heard from Chrissy Teigen, she invited you to to lunch or something. Remember that was going to happen at one point. What? You don't remember? She was in some another previous thing with you. I don't remember exactly what the story was, but she was. She, I think it was a Rolling Stone interview, and she wrote that, who do you want to go to lunch with more oh, than yeah, anyone that's else? Oh, yeah, right. that's right. But that's, that's when she just saw me as a piece of meat, and I was not yeah. going to be her plaything. It was all about sex appeal and at, at it that was point. All, yeah. It was like, uh, no, Chrissy, no, no. Yeah, that was just too much. It was. It might be it, part she, of the I mean, her anger here. I mean, she was showing up at my house, mm-hmm. you know, at night. You know, trying to get me away from the family, I was sickened by it. You were. I was I, sickened. You you talked about that a lot off the air. I don't know if you ever said it on the air. No, we I said didn't, it off you know, the air a lot. She's just a disturbed <laughs> young lady, and I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want her dream man to destroy her like that. Right. Well, uh, Valentine's Day is around the corner, so I'm sure uh, the uh, the chocolates will be flowing from Chrissy Teigen to your house once again. Of course they will year. be. Oh, oh, we've never talked about that on the air either, but that every year. For how many when years When she now? dipped herself in chocolate and then just was there naked, just covered in chocolate. It was weird that she rolled herself in oats. I felt that was yeah. a weird choice. Uh, well, it got a lot. I don't know. Oats. There's not a lot of, not a lot of well, sex appeal in oats, I feel like. You know, they were strategically placed. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, hey, why not look 10 to 15, maybe 20 years younger? How about that? Well, you can with GenuCell's Breakthrough Jawline Treatment. No more turkey neck, double chin, or sagging jawline. And these things will affect everyone, even a Chrissy Teigen, mm-hmm. you know, in the future. She needs it. These things are coming, and you, you might as well load, load up now it's on GenuCell. Gravity's playing a role, isn't it, Chrissy? Gravity always wins. It always does. It always wins. Now, from uh, from now till Valentine's Day, it's yours free when you order regular GenuCell for bags and puffiness under the eyes. And uh, you've got uh, a lot more going on with that. You're going to have uh, the GenuCell immediate effects for free. This stuff gives you results in 12 hours. And all of this is guaranteed or your money back. So what's the risk? Check them out today, 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. If you call in the next 20 minutes, you get the GenuCell 15 Collagen Builder and Eyelid Lift free, plus free express shipping. This is the last week for that, so go, it's, you know, all this stuff comes together. 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Well, welcome to the uh, program. Tomorrow uh, is uh, Bernie's big day in New Hampshire. He should win. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. He's a heavy favorite, I would say. I mean, he, and he really should win. Remember, he beat Hillary Clinton by over 20 points in 2016 in New Hampshire. Now, he does have a little bit of competition with the next door thing going on with Warren, but she seems to be fading enough. Buttigieg, I mean... If he's, Buttigieg is even close. And that's how he's going to spin it. Yeah. He, I, they've been even saying to reporters, if we can stay within five points, we'll be very happy. Uh, which is a good way to spin it. Yes. And if Sanders were to lose this, it would be huge. He would no longer be the front runner. We yeah. have a new one in, 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 in contest number three, and it would be Buttigieg. Yeah. It's amazing. And it, it just shows that they just do not have a strong crop They of just candidates. don't know what to believe. No. They just don't know what to believe. All right. Back in just a second. More on Joe Biden and the scandals um, in China, and um, it's a almost kind of a three-part uh, episode going to be broken up. But uh, first one is uh, this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Glenn Beck program is going to focus on China. Then uh, I think the week after we're going to do China. What can we believe? And the coronavirus. Um, and then we go into the real face of China as well. Uh, those are all episodes coming up on the Wednesday night special Glenn Beck program, 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. If you're already a subscriber of The Blaze, if you're just trying us out, don't forget tonight is Stu's uh, show. I'm going to be on it, the uh, new Stu show, Stu Does America. Uh, and then um, also after that, um, we have seconds. my show, Stephen Crowder, on Thursday night. I believe Mark Levin does his show on Blaze. It's a great, great lineup, all happening Blaze TV. If you haven't signed up now, use the promo code Glenn, and um, you'll save uh, you'll save 10% right now. Promo code Glenn. All right. The plague is uh, coming, they say. Um, war. The New York Police Department has said this is war between them and de Blasio. Uh, a way to stop global warming that I think we'll all agree, and the weird case of Jordan Peterson's health, as well as Rudy Giuliani's document that he shared on TV, coming up. So Rudy Giuliani was on uh, Fox News this weekend, and he talked about a document, and I'm not sure they even showed it, but um, I have it right here in my hands. This is uh, one of the documents that we received back in uh, late November, early December, and I want to tell you all about it uh, and reinforce what Rudy Giuliani was saying in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, first, let me tell you about uh, our sponsor this half hour. Yep. Uh, right here. Here we go. Uh, so, you know uh, what's embarrassing? I will tell you. There's many things. Uh, mm-hmm. I've experienced most of them. Uh, stepping up to the plate of the bottom of the ninth, getting ready to hit a you know, home run to win the game, and then realizing as the pitch is released, you're holding a tennis racket. 
Now, that particular thing hasn't happened to me, but I wouldn't be surprised if it had. More uh, embarrassing than that, however, is having to talk to your doctor about ED. And it shouldn't be embarrassing. This can lead to, like, it can be a sign of a real health problem. And ED is not an uncommon problem, but you don't want to have to talk about it. That's why Roman exists. You can get a, a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. To get started, go to GetRoman.com slash Beck and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but that was before Roman came on the scene. Complete an online visit today and connect with the doctor to take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Beck and get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. It's GetRoman.com slash Beck for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Beck. So I want to play some audio from Rudy Giuliani. He was on uh, Waters World on Fox on uh, Saturday night, and here is what he said. I have what I used to call when I was U.S. attorney a smoking gun. This is a uh, money laundering transaction. It occurred just at the time that Shokin was fired, and it's about $14.6 million. And it, this is a notice from the Latvian government to, to, to the Ukrainian government that Hunter Biden is under investigation for corruption, corruption okay. affair. And then it lays out, I'll simplify it, uh, 14.8 million goes from Ukraine to a company in Latvia mm-hmm. disguised as a loan. Then it goes from Latvia to another company disguised as another loan in, in uh, Cyprus. And then it goes to the U.S. We lose track of it. Because when Shokin gets it, just about the day he's fired, there's no money in here for Devin Archer and, and Hunter Biden. So this is the document that I showed you uh, last week. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is releasing this now. We released this last week. This went to Senator Grassley's office. Uh, what was it on Friday morning? Um, and they are investigating Hunter Biden now for money laundering. This is the prosecutor's office from the Republic of Latvia, Office for Prevention of Laundering of Proceeds Derived from Criminal Activity. Uh, this was sent to the Ukrainian FIU, that's the Financial um, Intelligence Unit. Uh, the subject is Burisma Holding Limited. Let me just read it to you. Um, It says, Dear colleagues, the Office for Prevention of Laundering of Proceeds Derived from Criminal Activity, further in text, uh, the Latvian FIU, is currently investigating suspicious activity of Burisma Holding Limited. According to publicly available information, Burisma Holding Limited and its director, Hunter Biden, are involved in a corruption affair. The following transactions made to Burisma Holding Limited uh, account as Pravat Bank are known to the Latvian FIU from July of 2012 until July of 2015. Now, by the way, this memo was issued before Trump was in office. Uh, $14,665,982 and 336,015 euros were received from WireLogic Technology as payments for a loan agreement. Now, if you watch the show on Thursday night, you you realize that loans are the way this happens. You loan somebody, you know, a, bun- a bunch of money, they make payments 
on that loan. It's all in dirty money. Then they default on the rest of the loan. The person who's been cleaning the money says, okay, well, we're going to cut our losses here. And we'll send you back your million dollars, if you will. Um, but we're going we're gonna to keep 10% of it because that's our fee for such a hard time doing business with you. So loans are the way money laundering happens. So the first one is $14 million, just almost, almost $15 million uh, from WireLogic technology. Uh, then from July 2015 till December 2015, a total of one million nine hundred and sixty-four thousand three hundred and seventy-five U.S. dollars were received from Digitech organization as payments for other loan agreements. The funds were partially transferred from Barisma Holding Limited account to Devin Archer, Hunter Biden, Alan Apter, and Alexander Kwanuski. I think. Uh, see attached for partial movement of funds. The Latvian uh, FIU turns to the Ukrainian FIU and kindly asks for the following information. Are the mentioned companies known to the Ukrainian FIU? If so, for what reason? Please confirm if any of these persons are suspected of corruption or any other criminal offense and if criminal proceedings have been initiated. Is there any information that the funds transferred to Burisma Holding Limited account have criminal origin? No, they had an origin of us. On the grounds of possible legalization of proceeds derived from criminal activity and corruption, please grant us permission to share the information included in the reply to this request with Latvian law enforcement entities uh, for intelligence use purposes only. That's the whole memo. That's what it says. Uh, Post this at glenbeck.com. But this is what Rudy Giuliani says is the smoking gun. Jason Buttrill is with us, and uh, Jason has been on this particular document since we got it in December. Can I just put the timeline in context? Yes. So that is, what's it say? It's February 20... This comes out February 18th, 2016. Okay. So this is sent at a time when the left and the media has told everyone, all of you, that there was no investigation going on at the time with Burisma. Mm-hmm. So firing the J- prosecutor general, Biden getting him fired, had nothing at all to do with the investigation because it was dormant. You know, we've heard right. that all over the place. It was right. dormant. Right. Now, that memo was sent just a couple of weeks after we have shown you and the Ukrainian media that that is false. That Shokin, the prosecutor general, initiated, started seizing the property of Burisma. Started seizing it. And he said in an interview that his very next move was to interview very specifically Devin Archer and Hunter Biden Jr. Okay, so this memo comes out before he files that, nope, that court a- move. After. After. That's the Latvian government saying, oh, there's this case. Look what we found. Is, Correct. Would this be interesting to you? Right. And then Biden comes just a couple of weeks later, does he not? Yes, and gets him fired. And gets him fired. So the media is shown by this document as being total and complete liars that there was nothing going on everyone had looked into it there was nothing this was a bad prosecutor we told you on thursday that's not true because of this document this document in place with the prosecutor general in ukraine him his paperwork which we have also shown you filing court proceedings 
to go after Burisma for money laundering and corruption. Then this document, then two weeks later, Joe Biden comes in and gets that guy fired. Right. Now tell me that there was nothing going on. Tell me that this was a dormant investigation. It clearly wasn't. This is a case that, which you pointed out on the special, that they had been on since 2014 money laundering from Burisma. They knew money was getting put into Burisma and it was just going poof. And it was all coming through Privat Bank, which it says in that document as well. And by the way, when we're talking money, your money, your money, $1.8 billion of your hard-earned tax money, gone, just disappeared. And now most of that money goes to shell companies, which we cannot track. That's why this is so crucial. Because most of the time it goes to a random shell company in Belize or Cyprus or whatever. Now we have a firm destination that's not a shell company. And it's a U.S. citizen. Laundered funds went to Hunter Biden as per this document. So now now do you see why this is so important for us to look into him? It has nothing to do with politics. We now have the end point for some of this laundered money that might be our $1.8 missing billion. And it goes directly to Hunter Biden. If it's not our part of our $1.8 billion, this is the system they've used to right. to launder our $1.8 billion. It is not as important to make sure that Hunter Biden is arrested for this and maybe Joe Biden or anyone else involved. It's, to me, more important that we find out what happened to that $1.8 because it explains a lot. It explains... Um, the entire Russian relationship right now, I believe that the federal government could verify that there was a secret war that was authorized by Barack Obama against Russia. He didn't want anything to do with Russia. He wasn't for wars. That's not his style. A million miles away. But Hillary Clinton and the State Department, they knew what that meant when the, when the Maidan was happening and the revolution was coming. If the United States didn't stand with Russia, or didn't stand with Ukraine, Russia could have crippled them. But if you have a president who doesn't want anything to do with that, what do you do? Joe Kerry, uh, John Kerry, um, actually confirmed while on the campaign trail uh, in Iowa for for Joe Biden. Do we still have that clip from last week where he is confirming that, yeah, this was known from the top. And it's interesting because what he says was we had to get that prosecutor out, not because he was corrupt, but because because we had to win the war of Maidan, which is the name of their revolution. We had to win the war. Ukrainians had to win this war. Listen. I will tell you, because as Secretary of State, I was deeply involved in this. All of us in the administration were trying to get rid of that prosecutor. From Obama to the Secretary of State to the Vice President, all of us were working on that. The ambassador, and and we knew if Ukraine was going to survive and win the revolution in the end, the Maidan, Mm. they had to get rid of that prosecutor, and they did. Why? Why would they have to get rid of that prosecutor? Why would they have to protect something that they had the documentation on that was in a major international money laundering scheme and that that Hunter Biden 
was specifically involved and named by a foreign country as a recipient of some of this foreign money laundered money. It doesn't make any sense. And even more so in the context of this prosecutor hadn't even been on the job for a year yet. Not even a year. They try to make Shokin out to be this crazy bad guy that was he was there for, I think, 10 months at this point. 10 months. Like, how many cases could he even looked in at that point? The other prosecutor that was uh, that I think everyone conflates with Shokin. He was the guy that wouldn't look into a lot of a lot of cases. And so they got him fired from the get go. That was right after the revolution, the Maidan, mm-hmm. this, this one prosecutor. And the because the one thing the Ukrainian shook. people want is a cleanup of the corruption. They know the corruption is what's killing their country. And wasn't Shokin initially Obama's like chosen oh, yeah. replacement yes. for the corruption? Yeah, they're, they're, we've had two of mm. good guys yeah. that became prosecutor generals. The first one was Shokin. And he was like, get, get rid of that one guy because he won't investigate some of these things. This was back in 2014. So Shokin goes in. Then he's literally on for a handful of months, and oh my gosh, sudden, somehow he became this crazy guy mm. we have to get rid of. Because mm. of the, quoting John Kerry, we had to get rid of him if we were going to win the revolution. What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Unless you're laundering money and you are using the the main recipient, Kolomoisky, who we've told you about, is is far worse, far worse than Tony Soprano. This is a guy who executes his rivals with a chainsaw to the neck. He beheads with chainsaws. Why did we, at the same time, we're getting this from Latvia, saying, hey, they're laundering money. Why, at the same time, is Joe Biden saying, you know what? Give him a visa. He's a good guy. He can do international business wherever he wants. His son is working for him. $1.8 billion goes into his bank where it suddenly disappears. Then he's made a governor of the state, one of the states in, uh, in, in Ukraine, that's right at the, uh, the war lines, the battle lines of Russia where all of it is heating up, and that guy becomes known as the guy who finances the war against Russia. This is really not that hard to figure this out. More in just a second. By the way, if you missed our special, you can find it uh, at Blaze TV. Join us, blazetv.com, blazetv.com. It's Ukraine, the final piece, the billion-dollar question. Uh, join us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use GB20 as your promo code and, or GB10, and uh, you're going to get uh, a, a 10% discount. Just use the promo code Glenn. Okay. All right. Our uh, our sponsor this half hour is, um, uh, is Relief Factor. And Relief Factor affects people in so many really great ways. Paul is a listener of ours. He rides his bike six days a week. All the errands that fill his day, the post office, the grocery store, the laundromat, the library. Yes, some people still go to the library. Um, all of it he would do riding his bike. He is, he is healthy. He's active. He loves it. He didn't love the knee pain. And as time went on, the knee pain, it was you could he could just push through it. And then as time went on, he couldn't do it anymore. It was nearly constant. And he was thinking, I'm going to have to use my car all the time which i don't want to do and uh, you know i like this keeps me healthy and fit 
He heard about Relief Factor, thank goodness, and within a couple of weeks, Paul was back to his old self. You can find him riding around town today doing all of his errands on his bike. When taken properly, Relief Factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain, and it worked for 70% of the people who tried. So just please try it. Get your life back. It's a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So I know we sent uh, Grassley's office um, the all the information we had. Um, you prepared a packet for them, and they called and thanked us for that, which is nice. Um, and I know he's investigating. Do you know, have you been paying attention to uh, any of this in Washington and, and how it's playing over the last couple of days? Yeah, it's actually kind of exciting, really. There's there's multiple senators that now are now uh, jumping on this. Uh, there's been Secret Service records that have been uh, requested uh, that are f- to try and track Hunter Biden's movements, like where he was going uh, during that time frame. Um, there's the Treasury records that have been uh, um, requested, and also I think National Archive uh, records. So they're definitely going at. They're doing what they can, I think, to to start it. I personally think that we're going to see the, the Treasury records are what I'm mostly interested in. Yeah. Treasury is the only ones that could possibly untangle this knot. And not to Hunter Biden. We have the clear path from the money laundering to Hunter Biden. So we know he's taken laundered money. Um, but we don't know. What we need is, is that a key to open up the rest of the laundered money? Is there any chance that he would argue he didn't know it was laundered money? Yes. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that it's very possible that he just didn't know. Um, I think that in the, uh, the scenario where, you know, the administration might have been helping to fund this war in eastern Ukraine, I would say it's not very likely that he wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Because I think that his dad and, and him would have to be in on this at, on some level. See, and I have to tell you, it makes it, I mean, not that Joe Biden, Joe Biden is, he's a dirty politician. In fact, um, 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 what's his name, describes him as the the most corrupt vice president we've ever had, Peter Schweitzer. Uh, And he says most corrupt vice president in the history of America. So he doesn't have a problem with corruption. However, putting your son into a situation where you have a chainsaw maniac, uh, you know, a Tony Soprano, and you're putting him right in the line of fire. That just doesn't seem like what a loving dad does. And I do believe that Joe Biden is a loving dad. Um, just like Aunt Becky's a loving mom. I always feel like that's <laughs> the like it's the equivalent. He might think he's actually doing the right thing, but that doesn't mean you can break all the rules to do it. Correct. Correct. And so he's, you know, it to me, it explains if you're doing something like this, there's no direct conversation about it. Look, your country needs, we've got a war and we found a way, um, but you need to be a part of there. Now, listen, you're going to be compensated for your time and your risk, but we need you. We need you there to keep your eye on things, yada, yada, yada. They both could walk away feeling like patriots. You know, and we didn't tell this part to Chuck Grassley, I don't think, but like, you know, I keep bringing up Succession, the show on HBO. When you have a, 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 a son who's done all sorts of terrible things in his personal life and could his life could easily be ruined, which is the case with Hunter Biden and the, and the kids in that show. You hold a power over them 
to be able to say, if I'm going to bail you out of this, you need to help me with X, Y, and Z. And uh, that is not part of the official report at all, but it does fit that profile as very closely. He's getting his his career has no right to be rejuvenated from what the stuff that he's done in his personal and life. And also, keeps happening. the son's yearning to be loved and respected by the father. Yeah, I mean, you know, all this is movie stuff. What we need is the 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 treasury to track these funds. This is the Glenn Beck program. And question Hunter Biden, because we've already tracked them to him. I know who you are. I know you're the type that, you know, likes to live right on the edge. You know, you can see it coming from a mile away. You are biting into that hot pocket without checking first to see if it's frozen or molten lava. You don't care. You're a risk taker. You live on the edge. You're the type that waits until Thursday. Ha! You laugh at Thursdays. You're the type that waits till Friday afternoon to get your roses or get your Valentine something because you just you're living on the edge, which is why you also probably don't worry much about the roses because you're living your life alone because nobody wants to live on the edge that much with you. Don't be that person. Right now, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Today only, you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for just twenty nine ninety nine. 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley uh, for... Uh, Twenty nine ninety nine, best Valentine's offer you're going to find, and it's only available today. So call them right now, or go to one eight hundred flowers dot com. One eight hundred flowers dot com. Click on the icon and type in the word Beck. Smart conservative analysis, stupid laughs, occasionally the opposite. Stew does America. It starts tonight. Subscribe now on YouTube and podcast for free. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Tomorrow, our coverage of the New Hampshire primary. Uh, Democrats are seeing a rising chance of a brokered convention is what they're talking about now. Um, but if if it looks like Pete Buttigieg is actually losing um, uh, momentum, Amy Klobuchar, who did well on Friday, is actually starting to go up. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen uh, on that? I think if Joe Biden comes in fourth or fifth, in New Hampshire, he's done, uh, especially if his poll numbers start to soften in uh, South Carolina. If he doesn't look like he can, if he looks like he's going to come in third or fourth, I think he avoids the shame uh, and just quits. No, I think if he finishes third, which means he probably, he beats Warren or Buttigieg, I don't yeah. think he's, he's going to, he's going to say that's a huge win. Fourth, I think is. I mean, in, I mean, South Carolina. Oh, in South Carolina. If oh, okay, his internal sorry. polling shows. That yeah, he's going to be well, fourth or fifth. That's trouble. If he loses, if he finishes anything worse than third in New Hampshire, and uh, he's he's in major major trouble. If he finishes fifth, I think he drops out that night. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's where he is on that. Yeah. If he finishes behind Klobuchar, and he might, and he might, I think it's a, might. there's a chance of it. Uh, if he gets to a point where he does not think he's going to win South Carolina, he's probably gone. He's he, remember he's one of these guys now. He has in a lot of personal wealth, as we've been discussing. We no. were just looking at the chart of his income. You know, uh, I hate when you take things out of context. <laughs> he's made $150,000 a year since like the 1970s. Which is a, a lot, by the way. It's a lot of money. $150,000 a year every year for 
decades. We made this point back in the day. I think it was on Fox where he was Mm -hmm. like, look, I'm just a normal guy. I've got a normal government salary. It's not a big job. Well, he's averaged, you know, his inflation adjusted salary is something like $180,000 every year for 40 years. Now, if you can't make that work, you got major problems. Mm -hmm. However, that continued all the way till shockingly 2016 2016 and he was still at that level 2016 2017 was a good year though because yeah, he, he went made from like 250,000 yeah and uh, uh, like a week <laughs> he wound up with 11 million dollars in income for his reported income in 2017 and then another five in 2018 now so he you know he's like well i wrote a book now, can nobody you remember, read your book? Can you remember him releasing a book? No. I don't even remember. And we no. do this for a living. I don't yeah. even remember him releasing a book. No. Now, he may have had a big advance on that. He probably did as a former vice president. Probably got a big advance for his book. His wife also released a book. But, I mean, the idea that that's earning $11 million or $16 million over two not years is, is... Not a chance. I mean... Not a chance. The book industry is not that... This is not 1970. <laughs> no. It's like, not... 1970, it's not 2010. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean, people aren't reading books now. They're not. And and book companies, a lot of times, give giant advances to these names, not to, because they think they're making their money back, but because they are essentially kissing the ass of these big names for other reasons. You want to make $10 million, you are Michelle Obama and her book. That probably made... Probably did, yeah. Eight to $10 million. Okay, been bestseller for a very, very, very long time, but you don't you don't do that. You just don't do that and, as Joe Biden on a book that nobody's even heard of. Right, and obviously the book company is smart enough to know that Michelle Obama's book is going to sell a hell of a right. lot better than Joe or Jill Biden's, yeah. even though she's lovely. All right, I've what I've heard that from really lunchbox Joe, you know, middle class Joe. That's huh. what I call him. I know everyone calls him that. Well, everyone, everyone that if you're just talking about him calls him middle-class Joe. Yeah, he calls himself that, and then everybody else fails to even think about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a different story. Oh, by the way, Stu's new show premieres tonight. Yes. You can find it on Blaze TV. Middle-class Stu, if you wouldn't middle- mind. That's me. You're not I'm the really, average uh-uh. person. I, no. You know, that's me. I'm, I'm You're a not. middle-class guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I you know paycheck huh. to paycheck, day to day. Mm-hmm. You know, getting through the days. And yeah. that's why this show has to work, or my kids won't eat. And mm-hmm. if you if you don't want my kids to eat, mm. uh, you know, because I'm going to eat most of the food, obviously, yeah. if you've seen me. So it's because the chef is on vacation this week. But <laughs> anyway, Stu Does America tonight premieres. What time are you releasing? I think it's 8 p.m. Eastern is what, I've, uh, what I'm Eastern. understanding. It's going to be uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. And so it should come out on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, uh, Blaze TV, if you're a subscriber, we'd yeah. love you to, to subscribe there because it helps. I mean, it sends a message uh, not only to this company, but to others. That you want, you know, conservative content that maybe is funny, that maybe is uh, a little bit different, that's not going to bore you into a coma. Yeah, maybe is the really important word in those. Sentences. Oh, totally. Yeah, I believe me. Maybe I, I'm a capitalist. I understand mm-hmm. that the failure can sometimes be good. Right. Uh, so we'll see if it happens. Uh, but you know, I booked big, and I went for the big, the big guns on on show one, and booked uh, for my first guest ever, Glenn Beck. Yeah, none of the big names would come on the show. Right. So I, went, so I got Glenn Beck. It's me. He's like, ooh. Aren't you the guy in the studio right next to, to the studio recording in? Yes, that's the reason. Yes. We wanted to save on travel uh, right. expenses. Right. It's a big show. <laughs> Very big budget. I think it's going to be great, though. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. And, and thank you, by the way, for doing this. You've been so supportive. And, uh, 
Wow, just amazing. Right, so so this whole process. Uh, uh, StuDoesAmerica.com. You can get all the links there. Yeah. That show on some network, I think, sometime today. Thank you for that. Wow, what a what an riveting. You're welcome. You, just, you could feel the, the passion do. behind it. It's the least I mm-hmm. can do. Hey, did you? Uh, I want to cover this tomorrow. Did you see that we may have first contact? Uh, first contact. Have you seen this? No. <laughs> okay, so uh, there is. Be, uh, we might lead the show with that. If, if well, it's still it we still don't we still don't know, um, but. Astronomers at the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment Fast Radio Birth pro- uh, uh, Burst Project. Wow, that's a long name. Mm-hmm. Catchy, uh, though. Yeah, uh, just tell Uber I just need to go to the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment Fast Radio Burst Project uh, <laughs> compacts, uh, co- a complex. It's in British Columbia. They have discovered that there is a mystery radio source in a galaxy some 500 million light years from our solar system, and it is sending out fast radio bursts like clockwork. Now, here's what happens. We've had radio bursts before. Um, but these, but, but they are, they're, they're uncommon to even look like there's a pattern to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one has a distinct pattern. It is sending these radio bursts out uh, in 16.35 day cycles, including one to two bursts per hour over a four-day period, and then 12 days of silence, and then they do it again. So it's exact, which they think might mean intelligent design, but they don't know what it is yet. But it may be our first contact with a galaxy that is long, long, long dead. Long dead. 500 million years is how long it has taken that radio signal to come to us. Wow. That's interesting because that would that's kind of what we try to do, right? Right. We broadcast those signals the same way. And, and our basic belief here is that, well, if we're, we thought of it, maybe somebody else thought of it. Right. So we're listening while we're sending out signals. And Jody Foster is by a satellite catching them all. And trying to figure weird. out what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah. So uh, not as not as weird as this. Um, Gilbert Koo, uh, he has been arrested in the United Kingdom. Uh, he was caught after Border Force officers found, uh, found $50 million worth of live eels that he was trying to smuggle out of England. Uh, to China. Now, fifty million dollars. Fifty million pounds. Oh, fifty million pounds. Which is more than a dollar now, isn't it? Uh, I don't know the live eel per pound cost. No, no, neither do I. But uh, no, 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 pounds as in British pounds. Oh, okay. So yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's their freaking fault. If they, the English system says pounds for weight measurement, and they're like, oh, let's name our currency the same thing. <laughs> Dopes. No wonder you lost the freaking United States. <laughs> so they Sorry, are I now. There's he's he is uh, he's now facing prosecution for smuggling these eels out over a two year period. 
Um, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to take all of our eels, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. I feel like there should be a negative value on eels. Right? There's only money to get rid of the it eels. Sounds, it sounds to me like something you pay people to do. I've got an eel problem in the channel. Can you get rid of all of those eels? Because mm-hmm. some once in a while we have some nut that wants to you know swim here, and eels are just creepy. The problem is we can't get another coronavirus unless people are having eel soup in China somewhere. That's exactly right. <laughs> Stop eating all the weird animals. Stop it. It's, this is solid advice. It really is. It's just good advice. If it's creepy looking, don't eat it. All right. Keeping a handle on your finances is both a long-term and short-term uh, short-term game, and there are a lot of factors that come into play. Let's run through some of the things that are going on right now to give you some example. Tesla went up 300 points and then down 243 points over four days. What the? Mm. How about the liquidity crisis with the uh, Fed's repo operation? It, it, it was a massive oversubscription, again, twice in the last week. The Fed refuses to say what's going on. It was supposed to be over last month, but it's not. What is going on? Coronavirus. What are you going to do with the coronavirus? I mean, economically speaking, brought to you by the culinary wizards in China with their eel and bat soup. <laughs> Here's the thing. There are tons of things right now that... Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, winning tomorrow, Bernie Sanders then winning in South Carolina and Nevada, that could be a shock to the market. Get your free silver bullion coin just by calling Goldline now. Have a conversation about your retirement portfolio, how to properly protect it against the insanity and calamity of just life in 2020. It's not something you can do after the fact. You need a plan and plan ahead. Call Goldline right now at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. That's 1-866-GOLDLINE. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I'm really glad that you're listening to us. Uh, I got an email in from uh, David Hughes. He writes, Glenn, I live in the United Kingdom, and I'm a great fan of the reporting that you and your team do. I just finished watching the report on Ukraine, and it is more than just Biden's making money. It's absolutely fantastic, real journalism. It's now 5.45 p.m. Friday, and I'm hearing that Chuck Grassley has got uh, the support of the Treasury and other departments in regard to Ukraine, and no doubt the report you sent to his office earlier will help him immensely. Although I live in the U.K., I have many relatives in Florida and California who are all now very confused and disillusioned Democrats, all who will now vote for Trump next November. The information that made them do this are the broadcasts that you have made that I've shared with them. They realize the Democrats are no longer the party of JFK or even a party that he would recognize. And I admire my relatives for being honest enough to say it. I think that's a fantastic letter. Thank you so much for that. Then I got this um, in snail mail. Uh, It is from a 12-year-old listener 
of, of mine uh, named Garand. Uh, and he writes, Hi, my name is Garand, and I'm 12. I listened to Glenn Beck talk about the Nazarene Fund, and I'm glad that you guys are helping people and saving lives. Thank you, Glenn Beck and Tim Ballard and everyone at M1 uh, for the Nazarene Fund from Garand. And he donated $7. We got a note uh, saying that he had saved up his own money uh, to help the Christians and the persecuted Christians in the Middle East, which, by the way, are really... Uh, really, really horrible. Um, the, the Christians in the Middle East are really, really horrible. Wow, that's <laughs> no, a strange John stance. Not John <laughs> Did you tweet Miller. that in the middle yeah. of the Oscars? Yeah, no. Um, but uh, what's happening to them? Seven hundred thousand people had to go towards the uh, Turkish border. Um, the Russian air force is now involved in all of this. The UN report came out last week and the bleak, bleak conditions for the Syrians. They're in urgent need of shelter and food and and safety. Uh, we are on the ground and we so appreciate anything that you might want to do to help us out at mercuryone.org or the nazarenefund.org. You'll find it at both places. But help us free the slaves. Help us uh, rescue the the wounded, the Christians. Uh, and the Yazidis that are under attack constantly by one sect or another that all just want to wipe them out. Yeah, interesting. I have a couple of these big things you've been working on have had these uh, outsized impacts as of late. I mean, we talked to it was uh, Ezra Levant was in, yeah, uh, and he was saying how they've been raising thousands and thousands of dollars from Canada for this project after they went and reported on it and looked into it to make sure. You know, the Nazarene Fund wasn't just like a Hunter Biden operation, uh, <laughs> and, and it was not. Uh, and he's they've been donating all, tons of money from Canada, which was really cool. And then to see, you know, Rudy Giuliani going on Fox this weekend and touting the same document you just did in your special yeah. as like the source. He said the smoking gun of the entire case is pretty interesting as well. And I think it is. And while he didn't take it to uh, a war... And financing a war, that is my theory, as I pointed out in the special. Yep. But I think it's a pretty damn solid theory. Would you agree with it's that? It's certainly uh, pl- very plausible. Yeah. Right? It make, it's the it, one that it, makes the most sense. Because it's, it's always easy to just, you know, ascribe sort of greed to someone else and say they're doing all these things to make themselves wealthy. Now, look, you look at Joe Biden's income chart and <laughs> there's a yeah. reason to think that way. But it, it would make sense that they were thinking, look, we, we don't want to get involved in this publicly. We're, we're not warmongers. But we want to get a little bit here. We want to make sure these things are done. You guys just handle them, and we'll just funnel some money around. I mean, this has happened, obviously, throughout American history a lot of times. Yeah, and it makes everybody who's involved in it feel like patriots Mm -hmm. and make them feel like they're doing something. And this is just a little compensation to to be able to take this risk. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really plausible, really plausible. Only the Treasury Department is going to be able to figure this out, and only Hunter Biden. He is, he and Devin Archer are keys to this because as we pointed out we now have the documentation from a third country that shows they were laundering money or accepting laundered money 